Hello and welcome to the Ethical Reading Podcast, where like-minded and hearted people come together to make Reading a better place to live, work and do business. I'm Linda Duff, your host and a volunteer with Ethical Reading. I look forward to our ethical journey together because together we make all the difference. It's my great pleasure today to be speaking with Sean Taylor, who's CEO of Redwood Technologies Group. He's co-founded the business with a $25,000 of startup capital and has helped it grow to over $50 million of annual turnover with offices in the UK, Germany and Netherlands, Japan and the USA, servicing around 1,000 large enterprises and public sector organisations. What a great local success story. That's great. In addition to financial success, Sean wanted to ensure that he and the businesses within Redwood Technologies Group were positive contributors to the communities in which they operate. Redwood has donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to charities, from local to national to international, since its inception. Sean's volunteering activities include being a Vice President of Berkshire Community Foundation, Chair of the Pride of Bracknell Awards, President of the Bracknell Athletics Club, and more recently, a Deputy Lieutenant for the Royal County of Berkshire, assisting the Lord Lieutenant, who is the Queen's personal representative in the county. How exciting! (laughs) It's a a great pleasure to welcome you, Sean. Thank you very much. I hope uh, the the, uh, introduction hasn't put anybody off. Well, I just think it's so exciting to find, you know, I mean, this was a local homegrown startup that's become a, a worldwide success. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about it and how, you know, the context of this interview is really business values and telling the stories of local businesses who are putting these values into practice in their organisations. So looking forward to hearing about that. So let's start off by just asking you about the values at the core of your business. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it was a it's a nice summary. Thank you. It's it's always difficult. I've, I've worked um, in in a few locations. I worked for a while in uh, in the US in California, and um, certainly very different culturally. P- people like to, to to shout about what they're doing, and it's much more reserved <laughs> uh, culture in in the UK. So I think. Um, <laughs> So trying not to sound uh, overly pious, but um, we, of course, looking at the business, we we wanted the business to be successful. That's natural. It's a, be a, be unusual if we didn't want to have a successful business. But I think success takes a number of for, formats, and uh, there's a lot of focus around um, whether people are financially successful. But for me, you know, that's just part of the picture. I think we, of course, you need to to do well financially in order to survive as a business and make sure everybody's being looked after. After. So that's your your lifeblood, but I also think you need to think you know what kind of a business are you are you going to be, and um, the cultural side of things has been very important. I think what was um, useful for us is when we started off, um, the early people into the organisation were quite young, and I think when you're that bit younger, you you tend to have a lot of good things in mind that you're going to do to to sort of impact. 
um, society in, in a positive way. And then perhaps those things get lost a little bit as you get a bit older and you um, maybe get focused on your career or it could be if you have a family that might take a, a lot of time, etc. So those those things start to sort of crowd out what you're trying to do. So for us, we wanted to be um, good businesses, um, as you mentioned in your introduction, at a sort of a, at a community uh, level. So we've tried very hard from the from the very beginning uh, when we started to be involved in, in charitable groups. And it's more than that. We've also tried to be a, a contributor into uh, into our business community and just help out people um, as much as we can that are going through um, perhaps the journey that we, we went through. Maybe they could be at the start of it, setting up an organization, um, or it could be different phases that we've gone through, might be raising money, might be struggling uh, to deal with scalability, might be um, struggling as they deal uh, with international um, expansion. There's all sorts of things, you know, you can contribute into your communities in in uh, many ways, and that's what we try to do, just to to make sure that we're giving as well as uh, taking uh, things from the from um, the environments that we that we exist in. Yeah, it's great to hear how how that was sort of with you right from the start. So, uh, what are the specific values that you operate by? We have a, a number of things that we're trying to, to capture, and it's very, very difficult. I mean, they're, they're specific uh, qualities, and they're a matter of opinion. So um, I remember um, with a charity I worked for, and um, one of the other trustees on the charity um, said to me, Sean, you are quite a um, sort of um, – a classic business person. So you're looking at everything in a very business-like way and you want to make sure things are well run. Um, and so, you know, that isn't necessarily appropriate for the way that a charity is, uh, is structured. I thought, okay, I was looking for feedback. Um, and then another trustee on the same, um, same board of trustees said, Sean, you're just far too nice uh, to be in the charity space. Charities are absolutely ruthless. Um, they're much worse than business. They seem to be quite nice, but actually, you know, it's quite a quite a difficult culture. And um, so, I just think you're a bit too naive, and you, you're a bit too trusting, and you're not really sort of um, you're not as strong as you should be in the charity space. And I thought, well, crikey, we've got the two ends of the spectrum there. I'm a ruthless, uh, driven business person, or I'm just far too nice and far too weak. Uh, and we've been on exactly the same uh, board meetings, etc. So it's a matter of opinion basically what constitutes good so for me i think um the first thing is dealing with other people and other organizations would you be happy to be on the receiving end so um if it's a um if it's let's just say it's taking work would you be happy to be um, a supplier into our organization? Are you dealing with that supplier on an ethical basis? And so one of the things I've said many times when we're uh, shaking hands on a deal is you have to be happy as a supplier um, dealing with us. It's no good feeling, okay, well, I have to do this deal and I'm not content with it. You've got to feel ethically um, that the person on the other end is happy to do business with you. That means they have to be competitive, but they've got to um, shake hands with you and have a smile on their face. Some people think that's a bit naive, but it's the way we've always done it. And it's not just a nice thing to do, it's actually a smart thing to do. Because what will happen at some point in time is you will really rely on goodwill from that supplier. And if you've mm. treated them well, uh, you need to, uh, to get their help, they will leap to it. Whereas if you haven't treated them well, you get 
exactly what you deserve from that organization. So that's one sort of example of, of ethics in business that, um, that we try and run consistently, whether it's supply chain, whether it's through our customers. We just want uh, to treat people in the way that we would like to be treated. It's really, really important. Um, and, and sometimes we have customers and they're very unpleasant. And we decide that actually we won't deal with them because it, they just don't suit us culturally. Now, of course, we're not saying um, that we're extremely difficult and, and um, we're sort of overly prescriptive, but some organizations, they really don't have a good value system. And I think if you find it's you have a jarring relationship, it's going to be really, really difficult at all points. So we're, we're very careful to sort of work in that way ethically. And then I think we want to feel that we're we're positive contributors. And again, I don't want to sound overly pious around the charity work that we do, but I think that um, you have to feel truly that you're contributing into uh, into your society. And if we look, um, there are so many charities that I've um, am aware of, and they do absolutely incredible work. And the amount of time that they put in is just uh, is just amazing. It's mind blowing. The amount mm-hmm. of money that they have to um, to try and make their operations uh, tick with is is just tiny. And so I you know I think we all um, it's sort of human nature. We tend to always moan about the things we don't like, but I always want to put things into into a sort of a balanced perspective and say. Hey, um, some of the the voluntary organisations that are out there, they are completely incredible, and that's a, a big thing again in terms of our culture that we're trying really hard to, to to support those groups. I think it's an ethical thing to do. I think it's important as well. Um, if we're all looking at things which just benefit uh, us personally, and we're not thinking about how we contribute into a, into a group then um, society falls apart. So it, it's it's very straightforward. It is straightforward. Um, so it just makes sense for us to, to work in this cooperative way. So that's another sort of angle as to you know what we mean by having good cultural values and ethical values within the business, two examples. Yeah, excellent. And you know, interesting to hear what you say with the charity sector, which must have come under huge pressure from COVID-19 with uh, resources being so much harder to come by so that they're under even more strain um, having to work harder yeah yeah totally and I think um, we're one of the things that um, I really enjoy working uh, with the the Berkshire lieutenancy so basically the the law lieutenant I it's not something I um, knew about until recent years when uh, friends of mine sort of told me more about what they do but it's basically um the Lord Lieutenant is a, is the Queen's uh, personal representative. So, if um, if Her Majesty's asked to attend something important, let's say, and can't make it, then the Lord, Lord Lieutenant will go as 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 the Queen's representative. So it's you know it's a really um, it's a really interesting um, role, which sort of goes back into I think back into sort of uh, Tudor times, but. Um, Today, a lot of it's ceremonial, a lot of it's about helping with voluntary groups. So one of the things that um, a number of us who are deputies, deputy lieutenants, we do is we um, we go and we judge um, charities for a Queen's Award for voluntary services. And that's a real pleasure uh, to, to do that. So when you get in and you've really got to get under the covers of those organizations, it's not having a top level understanding. It's really understanding their finances, how they're structured, all their governance, so real detail. And uh, just some of the, the stories coming out through COVID-19, 
the um, number of instances um, that there are of people with just suffering from loneliness and isolation, mental health challenges, when I mean, they're really, really significant. So many of us are sort of lucky and that we haven't been impacted in that way. But unfortunately, there are such a huge number of people that, that have been impacted. So um, we we all know we've got that very uh, difficult position if you're uh, in government where we obviously want to try and, uh, as a country, support all parts um, of society. But of course, you know these things cost money. And unfortunately, um, with finances being so tight, there is just so much financial pressure that gets pushed um, into the voluntary sector. So the, it was already a, a sector that was under heavy load. And that load, as you've just said, has just increased significantly in the last eight, eight or nine months. I was just wondering about well, as you apply the values in your business, you kind of indicated this in, in one of your earlier answers, talking about your relationships with suppliers and customers. What have been the real success stories as a result of having your value set? Well, I think when we started the business, um, we we didn't have much – well, we had what at the time we thought was a lot of money. So we had um, $25,000. Uh, we, we, we always, because we're international, we tend to sort of talk in dollars because everybody we chat with then has a good idea what we mean. So we had $25,000 to start the business. And we thought, whoa, that's, you know, that's taken a lot of time for, to save that up. It's a lot of cash. And now we realize, of course, you know, it was nothing um, at all. So starting off with um, with a couple of guys in their 20s, with a um, very small amount of money, with no trading history whatsoever, um, what are the chances that we were going to be successful? Well, very, very slim. So, um, and I remember when I left my, my previous job working in the States and told um, some of my colleagues what I was going to do, they, they just thought I'd lost my marbles. Um, <laughs> so, what happened is I went out on a lot of trust because some of the people I dealt with in the company I was working for said, Sean, you've helped me um, really be successful. You've been so kind and you put such a lot of effort in. And if um, you move into another job um, or you ever decide to do your own thing, um, just let me know. You know, And anything I can do to help will be, be a pleasure. So you sort of hear mm-hmm. these things. You don't think much of it. Um, but actually, when we did set up the business, there were a few people and they were just incredibly um incredibly generous people that because we'd been so good to them they trusted us significantly and I remember one deal we had um, with you know we hadn't been going very long as we said we didn't have really any track record etc we had one project that we did and um, it was worth an enormous amount for us at the time it was 150,000 pounds it was just Mm -hmm. for us back then a mind-blowing amount and that customer um, ordered up from us it was very sort of lightweight the way in which they did it and because they were aware that we were sort of struggling they paid us 100% of the value of the contract up front Um, (laughs) so that's you know that is I I look back and at the time it was just well we've been good to them you know they're um, they're reciprocating and although we were grateful I didn't understand just how valuable that was uh, looking now so being good to people um, basically 
it will tend to um, work its way back to you. So as I said, it's not just a nice thing to do. Um, it's just a smart way to operate. And of course, there are people that abuse um, your, if you're good to them, they abuse it. But you know, you just make a note and, and then that's it. And I think that they're the poorer for it. So that's an example of just working hard, um, getting people where they trust you, and then people reciprocating that. You know, that's absolutely, um, absolutely great. And then again, um, there are a number of people that have heard of us um, and they just know how we operate as a business. And that sort of word of mouth has been, again, invaluable that um, we are keen to deal with you because we know that as a company, you've got good principles. And that's very nice. And that's not something you can easily measure. You can't look at the accounts uh, and it's there in black and white. It's something that that reputation takes a long time to build up. But you know, as a business, I'm really proud of the team that we have a great reputation as being a, an ethical um, organization. So it, it's something that's, that's helped us. It, it, at no point has it been a disadvantage for us to be uh, to behave in the way that we do. That's, that's really, really fascinating to hear that it's had that effect and has really boosted the business on its journey. And now the question that you maybe learn a lot from as a business startup and through the success journey, what have been the main challenges? Yeah, there's a lot of challenges. I think um, what we want to do, so we started off with just a couple of us and then we quickly had about 10 people in the business. And then for quite a while, we were working at a sort of a 30 to 50 person level. And that's a beautiful time for us because you're, you're acting like a, an extended family. You know everybody very well. Um, everybody is off the same page in terms of how to behave, um, you know, what, we sh- what you should be doing. So it's a great way to be. And then, of course, we've been ambitious. We've wanted to scale always. And then that's where some of the challenges come in. So we're now um, past 300 heads. Um, we're looking that at the end of 2021, we expect to be four to 500 heads and ac- across a lot of countries. And how do you get um, that consistency of, with your culture and scale it? It's really, really tough because mm. if we work together on a daily basis, you know, I know what makes you tick and vice versa, then we've got an almost telepathic relationship. It's great. But how do you sort of, um, some of my colleagues, i, I don't even through lockdown we've hired people i've never met them um and people who you know who work in places like japan you don't get out there to see them very often even sort of during normal times so the big challenge is really um scaling your culture that's absolutely uh, critical and if you don't do it um then suddenly um your core uh, business values get deeply impacted. So we've tried to um, look at scalability. How do we get people on board, um, get them to see what our cultural values are, and and it's a and it's a learning point. We we've we got it wrong many times. It's that constant learning and improving. So one of the things that we try really hard to do is when we hire somebody, this what we describe as the talent acquisition point. We're very keen to go through what our values are as a business. That's one thing that we try and do. And then other things that um, I didn't, didn't really come naturally to me. I didn't like doing it. We've documented cultural values. So I think, for example, if I um, have to write down on a piece of paper, um, Linda, we um, we must be friendly. That's one of our cultural values. To me, that just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. It's, it's, it should be intuitive. 
but we found that if we don't um, if we don't sort of codify if we don't um, really try and document I suppose um, what it is that we're trying to do then the, the, the problem is you don't get that consistency uh, in terms of your cultural values so on our websites um, you'll see we actually document uh, cultural values we have cultural values training sessions when people join us um, and it's something I suppose that's made made me initially very uncomfortable and it did it well telling people how to behave nicely didn't seem right but the problem is um, you need to get people on board and um, they've got to be um, basically they've they've got to be sort of in line with um, with your cultural values and if they don't like them that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people or that they're wrong but um, it's not a good fit and that's the key thing so you want to try and hire people that share your values and if people think well actually charities I don't like them they're a waste of money um, you know I, I don't want to be involved in them that's their opinion they're entitled to it but it doesn't it doesn't then gel with um, with the culture of, of our business or actually it's a bit naive to try and treat suppliers nicely we are here to make a profit and so we want to squeeze every bit of profit out of them that we can you know, that we can that yes you I mean it's a point of view but it's not it's not an, it's something that aligns with what we want to do as a business so a big challenge is just making sure that we get the right people on on board and that we explain really clearly what it is that we're trying to achieve and it, it's felt unnatural and it's been a, a sort of just a, a part of, uh, of growing as a, as a business and going into different territories um, and we've, we've just had to change the way we work and and except yes we're uncomfortable with it but if we don't do it um then we will we'll suffer as a consequence gosh really interesting perspective thank you for sharing that that's, that's very very important yeah and uh you've sort of partly answered this question about what are the benefits of being a values-based business yeah i think um I think it's basically um I don't see any downside so it's um I know a lot of people that have made um a lot of money I mean huge amounts of money maybe maybe billions um and they're not all uh, and it's being if you're running a business um not everyone loves you all the time. You are going to push somebody if their performance isn't good enough. And at that point in time, they might not like hearing that. They might be quite defensive. They might, you know, they uh, might push back on it. But um, ultimately, um, if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're handling things well, um, then over time, people are, are comfortable with it. I know uh, some people, they've made money and they're just unpleasant. And uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily warm to spending any time with them. So I think, um, I just think people, I, I don't like this fascination with just looking at how much money somebody's made. I think that's distinctly unhealthy. I think you've got to look at um, the whole balance, as I said earlier on. So I just feel that um, in terms of where we are, we've done well as a business. And at points, um, you know, people might not um, might like being pushed, etc. But I think generally people are proud of the organization and people that deal with us are, um, are pleased to deal with us. Well, they're, they're happy dealing with us. So that's that's just a sort of feeling positive about uh, oneself and, and, and one's organization. So that's critical. And then I think... Um, it doesn't there isn't really downside um yes you might lose some profitability if you're donating money into charity but I, you know i don't think um i don't think that's going to make a material difference in terms of uh how you're doing financially 
I think um, I think just in terms of overall sort of contributing that way, it's just a good way to operate. So I, I suppose the way I'd spin the question is. Um, can you name any um, any downsides of not being a, a good organization? And I'd say I, I can't really. You know, they just think it's the right thing to do um, at, um, at at any level. Great. And some people are noticing that the young talent are being more drawn to businesses that have you know social purpose as well as profit. Mm, that's a dangerous generalization, which I would ag- agree and disagree with. So there are a lot of people that we see and they love the fact that we help charitable causes and, and, and I love that. And I look at their CVs and um, they've got lots of charity work in there and it's not just a tick in the box. Um, I did my Duke of Edinburgh gold um, because it looks good on my CV. These are people that have really put in absolutely incredible commitments to to voluntary causes, etc. Sadly, um, there are many people that I deal with who are sort of uh, younger, might be teens or in their 20s, and they're very self-centered. They really don't care um, about other parts of society um, or its lip service. They might say they care about a cause, but actually then doing the difficult thing, which is putting some effort into helping that cause, um, then they don't. So I think, um, you know, I think through older generations, we, we should be quite proud of what we do. It's not that it's now youngsters that are showing us the way and they're really, uh, they've got um, a good balance and they really want to help. Actually, I don't think it's it's incredibly different. I see people who are in their um, 70s, 80s, 90s putting in a, an incredible amount just into their local communities, etc. So, so I feel that um, what we try and do is we look to the people that we feel genuinely care um, about what's happening around them. Um, that's the key thing. And so if other people um, are quite selfish, etc., then it's an opinion. You know, it, We shouldn't say, is it right or wrong? But what we do say is it doesn't fit with, um, with what we want. We want a, um, a team of people where they're friendly and they really do care. That, that's what we're um, all about. So, And then, as you said, some of the people that we deal with, um, if you're dealing against a multi-billion um, organization with a lot of resources that's there, we've certainly had people join us because they feel, okay, I could go and be a small cog in a, in a big machine, but I really feel I'm going to make a, a difference, um, not just within my job, but also in some of the, the voluntary uh, things that we do. And that's that's a pleasure when, when people join you for that sort of balance. It goes beyond just the money. Um, and you know we do pay well for the avoidance of doubt, but it's actually that people feel that we're a good um, we're a good group of people and and doing doing the right things. So we we, we definitely you know we we love people joining for for that reason as well. Oh, very interesting to hear your perspective. Thank thank you for sharing that. And I, I think we're joined to a close here. But I'm curious, how did you come across Ethical Reading? We are tapped into a lot of um, organisations in the in the Thames Valley, and so um, one of the things beyond the sort of charity work we talked about, I helped co-found a business owners club, which is called the Business Philanthropy Club, and that's connecting businesses of any size um, into uh, voluntary groups um, across uh, across uh, particularly the county of Berkshire. And so um, that's formed a, a really tremendous, uh, tremendous network. And so through um, through part of that network, that's how we we got the introduction. And uh, very very pleased um, we are as well, and you know absolutely delighted to 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 be able to um, to, to get involved. And so as I said, the the 
business philanthropy club was the route and also um, another club that we've put together which is called biz united and business united again um, it's there it's it's completely um, voluntary group it's not for profit uh, but it's there to take people who are um, running businesses and have challenges i don't really know how to get funding or I, I'm struggling with scalability. I don't really have a very good HR function. How do I, you know, how do I keep my talented people on board because they're getting poached? You know, it could be any number of business problems that are there. And the, the, the Biz United group, that's another sort of help group for, for businesses. So a combination of Biz United and a combination of the Business Philanthropy Club, they're the two routes that uh, we've heard about ethical uh, reading through. And if you don't mind the, um, the bad joke, the first time I saw um, ethical reading, I just saw a headline saying, would like to introduce you to somebody from ethical reading. Um, and, <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay, must be about you know, books uh, on ethics. And let's then, uh, let's quickly... go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but then I quickly understood my, my mistake there, my reading reading mistake. <laughs> uh, it's a tricky one. That happens quite a bit. It's a puzzle to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, look, that, that brings us to a close here, Sean. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Well, I hope um, some of what I've said is is of help to people. I mean, that's the objective and uh, the mm. um, th- their, their opinions. So, you know, whether they're right or wrong is subjective. But um, I hope that, you know, people ponder on how they're working in their organisations and uh, do they really feel they're doing things the right way? And why wouldn't they do things the right way? Um, I just think that at every level, um, it makes sense. So I hope it's been helpful. And, uh, and thank you very much for inviting me to chat. If you like what you've heard, do join us. The website is ethicalreading.org.uk. Membership is free. Come to a virtual meetup or webinar. Get involved as a volunteer. Become a partner organisation. Or just help us by spreading the word to your networks. Together, we can make Reading a better place to live, work and do business. Music